can we learn a lesson from Hamas? Not the evil, treacherous, vicious terrorists who have so altered our world, but the Hebrew word Hamas, which as we'll note, definitely sounds like a uh, premonition as to what Hamas, the terrorists, would ultimately represent. This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast, up to the Torah portion of Noach. And in Noach, clearly main event of the Parsha of Noach, certainly the first uh, very significant block of the Parsha, is the flood as reaction to the failures of humanity. And those failures of humanity are described with several terms. One of them, towards the beginning of the Parsha, is Kimala Haaretz Hamas. That the world was filled with Hamas. Aretz, earth, the English word earth coming from Aretz, Earth's earth, planet earth, was Mala, was filled with Hamas. Rashi tells us Hamas is theft. Classically, we refer to theft, we have terms of Ganav, the Yiddishism, he's a Ganav or a Ganav. Ganav, in technical Torah terminology, generally would be burglary. We have Gezel, which would be the equivalent of a mugging, the highway robbery, forcing something away from somebody else. And Hamas is sometimes a general term for all types of corrupt taking, or particularly a taking that is very hard to stop because it is unprosecutable. Either mafia tactic make you a deal you can't refuse and manipulating you into your selling something you really don't want to sell, or taking entities that are so petty they don't wait enough to open a court case about them. So that if somebody has a fruit stand and one individual walks by and grabs one cherry, not going to bring him to court over one cherry. Another individual takes one cherry. Another takes one cherry. Eventually, a hundred, several hundred people come by. Each one takes one cherry. And each one takes one grape. You knock this guy out of business without him having the capacity to provide himself with, with justice, retribution. And so too, in each endeavor, each field, people would take advantage of the other and take from the other in a manner that was uncontrollable can't prosecute, can't control, can't resolve. So Hamas is a theft where it just builds on itself and there's no easy way to put up a barrier against the continuation of this Hamas. Interestingly though, the Medrash, when addressing this phrase, Kimala Haaretz Hamas, tells us that the word Hamas is bigger than just acts of theft, as bad as those are. But Hamas is a terminology that can also refer to the big three, those sins for which a Jew would have to die rather than violate, murder, idolatry, and uh, illicit sexual practice. And when proving that the term Hamas refers also to idolatry, the Medrash pulls the phraseology of our verse, Kimala Haaretz Hamas, the world was filled with Hamas and asks Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky in his work, Emes Yaakov, what's the connection? Where does the Medrash see in this verse anything about idolatry? Isn't the simple understanding, the way Rashi presented it, that Hamas is addressing elements of theft? 
and says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, we have to understand there's a marrying of these two together. There's theft that's simply theft. There's theft, I'm hungry and I take your food. There's theft, I need a car and I grab your car out of a need, out of a significant want, out of a desire. I know it's wrong. I know this isn't kosher behavior, but I justify in my mind, I need it more than you need it. You are so wealthy, you can replace it it's simply out of my hunger or out of my sense that you can manage, I can't manage. And I take, I'm driven by something obviously somewhat selfish, greedy, but a need that is not challenging the whole concept of theft in the world. It's not challenging that there is a ultimate determinator of justice up there who dictates that theft is wrong. I've just decided in this particular context, he probably really wouldn't mind if I take this little bit or if I take this big bit, but because I so desperately need it. Or somehow, again, I, I justify my mind without dismissing him. That would not be mal aharetz Hamas. That would not be a world that's filled with Hamas. A world that's filled with Hamas is a different type of theft. That's where society has said there is no longer a wrong. There is no longer a corruption. This is, the world is filled with this because we've rewritten our quote-unquote Torah to justify this. If as a society we shift tracks and we say, we're not adhering to the God system. We've made our own system. We have abolished law as based on what God indicates. But rather, what we've decided is fair and square. That, Malah Haaretz, where the world is filled with this, that's a Hamas that's reflective of Avodah Zarah. Not necessarily that we're bowing to Zeus or totem poles or some tortoise that was being worshipped at one point in South America, but... We are, we have moved God out of the picture. And that, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky says, is what the Medrash is describing as Avodah Zarah. In the notes on the MS Liakov, they point to the fact that Rambam, going back away to the famed Maimonides in his Moranavuchim, the Guide to the Perplexed, tells us that if somebody violates Torah, not violates any of the big three, he violates any particular mitzvah of Torah, because he has de- decided that this simply is no longer a problem. God, again, it's not that he's saying that um, God um, is, I'm, I'm interpreting God's text to say this is okay, simply saying despite what God said, I'm saying otherly. And he does another violation of the Torah. It could be a relatively minor infraction, but he's doing so with an attitude of rejection says Rambam, that is prosecutable as idolatry. The famed story of the city called the Eranidachas, a city where the majority of the city are guilty of idolatry and the rest of Israel is to wage war against that city, says Rambam, is not limited to a city that's doing idolatry. Fascinatingly, says the Rambam in his Mora that if this city is guilty of another crime, but the crime emanates from their declaration that this is no longer a crime. We are dismissing what it states in the Torah. God says you can't do this. We say you can. 
And if as a city we've made that determination and we act upon that, that city has the status of Irhani Dachas, has the city of the city against which the rest of Israel must wage war. Shocking. To me, rather surprising. But, so says this Rambam, and built based on this, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in this parsha, that the Medrash is pointing to the fact that the Hamas, the acts of corruption, financial corruption, petty crime, those acts, because they were Malaha Aretz, filled the society as the society had said, this is no longer something we react to, we're okay with this, that is considered to be idolatrous. We, thankfully, are hopefully not involved in acts of petty theft, and we are, thankfully, not of people who are in any way interested in being labeled as idolatrous, but this sheds light on the degree to which we must be cognizant of the fact that if we push a mitzvah out of focus, not because I just can't do it, not because you know the evil inclinations got the better of me today, but because I've decided this doesn't matter, could be a big, big deal. Let's not make it a big deal. Let's, let's turn around and try to find ways to be so dedicated to God, so anti-Hamas, as we definitely are in its current manifestation of the group bearing that name, and looking for a merit for those people who are suffering so at the hands of this modern-day Hamas. Let's make an internal commitment to be driven, to aspire, to want to do what God says, what God wants of us, what God describes as the means of our building ourselves to be God-connected and more godly beings. So committed towards that, so we are the antithesis of this Malaha Aretz Hamas type of possibility, and may that be a merit to see to it that not only do we grow to be people who have the likelihood to fulfill our tachlis, but that so Many others who are in such dire straits right now have the capacity to do so as well.